feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. When you travel all over the world, you say one thing when you come back. Thank God I'm back in America. And that is the message. I lived overseas for a while, and you get to see different countries, different laws. And, boy, do you appreciate how great America is, the freedom that we represent. And also, for all these people who complain about our justice system, who say that it is unjust, that it's heavy-handed, that it's unfair. That is a bunch of hogwash. And case in point, what happened today? I want to hear your thoughts about the Brittany Griner case. She got close to 10 years. It's nine and a half years in a Russian prison. I've seen some pretty bad prisons, not as an inmate, as a journalist going to cover them. I've been to San Quentin, and I've been to prisons in Mexico, And I've been to some very tough spots. Can you imagine just what the conditions are like there in a Russian prison? And you're an American. They don't like us because we are defending Ukraine. It is not going to be a pretty time. Although I think they're hopefully going to take decent care of her because they're going to maybe look at a prisoner trade or do something like that. Uh, But who knows? I mean, you never know when you send these people. We saw what happened to Otto Warmbier. My goodness. Remember when he came back from North Korea? And then he died soon after he got back to America. I think they will luckily treat Brittany Griner, the great NBA star, the great WNBA female basketball player, hopefully much, much better because they want to use her as a bargaining chip and hopefully get some other people out, this bad guy who's like the merchant of death the big, big Russian arms sales guy who's held in Connecticut, but who's responsible for attempting to kill tons of Americans. Uh, They're trying to look at maybe doing a trade with her and Paul Whelan, a former military guy of America who's been over there for a while. So there's a lot of issues going on. But one thing for sure is this is the greatest country in the world. Our justice system is the greatest country in the world. And I get so angry When I see so many of these athletes who make so much money, like LeBron James and like some of these others, who all they say is, you know, God, our justice system is so unfair. And LeBron James, remember early on in this Brittany Griner case, said maybe she doesn't want to come back to America. Like, in other words, this isn't such a great country after all. Are you kidding me? How dare you? And where is the apology tonight? From LeBron James and some of these other people, do you think if you got caught with cannabis in the United States and you were coming through the airport and especially in places where you're not allowed to have it, you know, in some states you're allowed to, some you can't. But can you imagine it would be like, especially under Alvin Bragg, he'd be like, hey, let me buy you lunch. You kidding me? He wouldn't give you a minute behind bars, even if you were like an enormous drug dealer. You know, I mean, they are letting out cartel leaders. They had guys with mega amounts of like fentanyl and cartel ties. And they've walked in California recently. They've walked in New York recently. How about the guy who was beating the cop over the head? Do you remember the other day was punching him? Everybody saw that video of the NYPD cop. 
18 to 20 punches. The guy had a rap sheet a mile long, and that guy got out within a matter of hours. That's our American justice system. And believe me, you've heard me here tonight and many nights on the show complaining about how lame I think our justice system is, that we got to get a little bit tougher and a lot tougher. But my idea of a lot tougher is not nine and a half years in a Russian prison. And so for all you whiners out there who sit there and say, our justice system is not equitable. Our justice system is overreaching. Our justice system is so heavy handed. Take a look at the Brittany Griner case and wake up because we have the best and most fair country in the world. And I've traveled to some places that are worse than a Russian prison. I've traveled as a war correspondent. I have been to Kosovo. I've been to the Middle East. I've been all of, I've been in a Mexican prison and that was not pretty. And I've covered a lot of tough places. And every time that I have gone, thankfully short term, I come back and I say, gosh, I am so lucky to be an American. And I am so lucky to be in this country. When I did a story years ago, by the way, and I'll never forget this. When I was in California, I did a story about a guy who was held unlawfully. He was a former police officer who went down to retrieve a drug suspect. The Mexicans threw him in jail when he was trying to get them to help him to bring the drug suspect across the border. Can you imagine this? They kill the cousin next to him. And one night I'm going to maybe get him on the show because his story is unbelievable what he went through, this guy. They kill the guy who goes down with him. Then they say, uh, I know that you're a good guy. You're here to trophy. They throw him in jail. They throw him first in the trunk of a car and then he's in jail for nine months. Welcome to Mexican justice. How about the movie, you know, Midnight Express in Turkey? You know, remember that whole movie with the guys who were there forever behind bars? Remember, they had marijuana, they had drugs. I mean, this is like an unbelievable story. And my thoughts and prayers are absolutely with Brittany Griner tonight. I hope that she gets back soon. Um, She clearly made a mistake by bringing in the drugs there to this country. You know, there's no doubt she never should have brought the drugs. She was a player there, too. She went over there because it's a lot more money for the WNBA uh, players to go over there and play overseas, as it is a lot of times. She was making somewhere, it said, like a million bucks. And that's actually a lot more than she makes in America, even though she's a big star player. But the female basketball players don't get paid that much. That's a whole other issue. But she was over there for uh, making money, and she had been there before. So, yeah, she should not have carried the drugs. There's no question. The cannabis, she said, you know, I made a mistake. I didn't have any intent, all that stuff. Uh, But still, come on, to throw nine and a half years behind bars now in a Russian prison, the sentencing coming down just a few hours ago. And that was the maximum. That was what they sort of, that's what the prosecutors were asking for. And that's what she is going to get unless somehow they can get her out. So tonight, how do you think this is going to fare? And what does this say about our incredible justice system in the United States, the best country in the world? And do you think we might ultimately hear a little bit of an apology from a LeBron James? By the way, even Brittany Griner, she did some kneeling during all the anthem stuff. She did some kneeling. So do you think when she comes back, and I hope she comes back very soon, I hope it's a matter of days and not years, do you think she's going to come back and say, boy, this is the greatest country in the world, and I apologize for any of the things I said before because, boy, did I get a wake-up call. Do you think we're going to hear that epiphany from her 
and other athletes around the world who just think it's so easy to take a knee and slam America and not realizing that we are not perfect, but we're a pretty good place. And if you're ever going to be in prison, you'll want to be in America in prison. You want to be in a prison in Russia or Somalia or Mexico? One of these days, I'll tell you what I saw in that Mexican prison. I am glad I walked out alive. I almost did not. And so to me, there are times where I've gone on in an assignment. I can't even imagine what it's like for the people that are still behind bars in places like that and what she may endure. But she did come out today right before the verdict was read, didn't know where it was going to go, you know, didn't know if maybe the judge might cut her some slack or something and say, you know, look, you know, you're just carrying this. It wasn't a big deal or whatever. Uh, But no, uh, they threw the book at her, but she did make a plea before the verdict came down. And we did hear from her. This is what she had to say. My parents taught me two important things. One, take ownership for your responsibilities. And two, to work hard for everything that you have. That's why I play guilty to my charges. I understand everything that's being said against me, the charges that are against me. And that is why I play guilty. But I had no intent to break any Russian law. And then she went a little further saying, you know what? It was just an innocent error. Take a listen. I made an honest mistake, and I hope that in your ruling that it doesn't end my life here. I know everybody keeps talking about political pawn and politics, but I hope that that is far from this courtroom. Yes. Boy, don't we all hope that it's far from this courtroom. Sadly, it was not. And by the way, it was when she got arrested February 17th, uh, going through the airport in Moscow. Authorities say they found vape cartridges carrying hashish oil, which is extracted from cannabis, and they found it in her luggage. Uh, We're going to take your calls in a minute on that, and I look forward to hearing what you have to say about that. Also, by the way, later on in the show, we have a blockbuster show tonight. And you definitely want to stay tuned because coming up in just about 20 minutes or so, we have the mega, mega incredible pastors of the biggest church basically in America and I think in the world and two of the best ministers out there. Joel Osteen and Victoria Osteen are going to be joining us in just about 20 minutes to talk about their mega event at Yankee Stadium this weekend. This is the third time that they are going to be in Yankee Stadium. It's the first time they've been on the road since COVID. And there is so much I can't wait to ask them about how what this event means at this time right now, where there are so many trying issues going on in the world. What can we all learn from them? I think there's a lot of lessons we can learn from them. Uh, I have known Joel and Victoria for decades. I love them both. They're dear friends. And they're just incredibly inspiring human beings. And I know they're going to inspire me tonight. And I know they're going to inspire all of you as they talk about this incredible event. Yankee Stadium, it's going to be full this Saturday night. And they're going to tell you how you can also get involved in all of that. The great, great Pastor Joel Osteen and Victoria Osteen joining us in about 20 minutes here on the Rita Cosby Show. But first, let's go to your calls. Let's go to Alice in Cincinnati. Alice, your thoughts about this whole thing with Brittany Griner and also American justice versus Russian justice? First of all, this is the greatest country in the world. Our justice system is the greatest in the world. Now, she uh, travels professionally. She should know 
what's going on in the world. If you she has claimed that she was taking this for pain and for whatever, then you take a note from your doctor and you, uh, to back you up. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I agree. But although, do you think Putin would care about a doctor? He'd be like, oh, no, uh, he, "Who no. is this doctor? Doctor uh, who?" You know. <laughs> no, but you know what? Uh, Vladimir Putin is a micromanager. I'm sure, and. Uh, I'm sure he probably had something to do with this. I don't think she's going to serve the entire nine years. I don't uh, either. I, think, I don't either. I think no, some deal, no. I think. Don't you think, yeah, Alice? I think it's it's in – I can't say I feel sorry for her because she uh, the, she didn't sound like she uh, she was really sincere. It was kind of play acting, you know, but uh, you do a lot of, of traveling, and I have done a lot of traveling. You 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 back up what you've got, especially the with uh, the temperature of the world today. She's she, they're probably negotiating behind the scenes. And you know what? I hope this teaches a lot of people a lesson. Don't take a knee. You know, if you if you don't like our country, then then stay in the in the locker room and then come out. But she should know when she comes back, she should kiss the ground. You know, I, I've I've been all over the world, and there have been times when I got back. I was glad to be back. I was in Paris when we went off the gold standard. Wow! And th- that was interesting. Yeah, and and you're right when you lesson. right when you come back, Alice. You're right. Mm-hmm. It is it is the best feeling in the world. I I told you I lived in Spain for a year. And it was a great time. I traveled all over the world. I did all that. It was when I was in college. I'll never forget. I came back and I literally cried when I was at the airport. I was like, oh, it's so great to be back in America. It's so great to be home. Just because when you're in these other countries, you don't know. You don't know. And look what I told you about the story of a law enforcement officer going there to do a good deed. He gets thrown in prison. I hear about it nine months later. And the most unfathomable things happened to him in prison, as you can imagine, and being in a Mexican prison, you don't speak the language. So you can imagine just how difficult and excruciating just every day is looking over your shoulder. And America, for all our problems, we are an amazing, an amazing place. Uh, let's go to Norman. Line three. Norm, your thoughts about this. Brittany Griner getting nine and a half years in a Russian prison. Yeah, Rita, we, we have no no choice but to negotiate for Brittany Griner's release back to the USA. She's an American. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I we just have no choice. Uh, we're going to have to give them the, uh, whatever, the merchant of death or whatever. For, yep, yep. And by the way, also, also there's talks, uh, at least there's discussions because we know about it yes. publicly. And a lot of times, you know, we don't know beforehand, but they've already kind of mm-hmm. come out because I think they're trying to put pressure on Russia by making it so public, the uh, Biden administration. They're trying to negotiate her and Paul Whelan, Paul Whelan is a veteran who's been over there. He's been over there for a while, for a few years now. And he was accused of spying. And so, which he says is completely false and I'm sure was fabricated knowing Russia. But they're trying to get those two, if they can, um, uh, back and then exchange it for this guy. Um, And I I agree with you. I don't think she's going to serve the full nine terms. But don't you think nine years in a Russian prison is not going to be pretty, Norm? No, nine years is not going to be pretty. But then again, I happen to actually uh, support Putin on uh, 
putting people in jail, in their jails for nine years because I, I happen to think marijuana is a destructive drug. But I Norm, wait, 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 Norm, 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 hang on. Mm-hmm. And I love you, Norm. You know that. You've called here a lot, and I love you. And I am not a fan, by the way, and I've said this publicly, I am not a fan of marijuana and what it does. I agree with you to young people. I think people need to take it a lot more seriously. Every day I walk outside of New York City, I feel like I get high because everybody is like, there's so much marijuana. It's like, and I see the street sign? There's so much smoke. It's like Cheech and Chung is in every neighborhood in New York City and in New Jersey and elsewhere. But to give nine years for something like this, I mean, to me, you know, to give even even nine days, you know, if it was Alvin Bragg or if it was George Gascon, you heard what I said. They'd take her out to lunch. They'd give her they'd they'd be like paying her, you know, I mean, you know, come on, Norm. I mean, it, that's over the top. A Russian prison. That's like a scene out of like, a, what is it? Uh, Untouchables. You know, I mean, she doesn't deserve, you know, one of those crazies, you know, like living in nine years. I, you know, send a message. I agree. It's not. I don't think, I think people are too loose with drugs. I agree with you. But to have anything more than just, you know, a slap on the wrist, uh, especially given the scenario that it was in this vaping product. I mean, you know, come on, Norm, don't you think? Oh, well, Rita, no, I actually disagree with you. But I don't, look, I, I, I look, it, it, it's their laws. Would you have her making license people. plates, too? I mean, what are you talking about? Having her making, what, license plates in a Russian prison? You know? Well, not, not for her, but I, but for the Russian people, I think Putin is doing as far as, I, look, I, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, if it keeps if it keeps their young people from smoking marijuana and ruining their lives, like I see a lot of young people in my neighborhood and you know and in New York City, um, more power to them. Well, Norm, I I appreciate your view. I don't agree that it needs to be that severe. By the way, I have no problem if it was like a drug dealer. It should be nine D years. I mean, that's the difference, you know. But. Uh, But uh, hopefully she gets back soon. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. I love hearing from all of you. Allison, Norm, very different opinions. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about Brittany Griner, the WNBA star, sentenced just a few hours ago to nine and a half years in a Russian prison. So a lot of people are saying, hey, would this maybe be a wake-up call to some of the big athletes who have been complaining about our American justice system? Take a listen to Will Kane. To hear, for example, LeBron James. Oh, I knew you were going there. And criticize the American comment. justice system, and then yeah. in the wake of Brittany Griner's detention, right. say somehow this is an indictment on America. Just shows we are guided by ignorance, famous ignorance, but ignorance. Yeah, because this is the greatest country in the world, and believe me, based on so many stories we've done of late, she'd absolutely get no time in America. She'd be out. She'd be out like a long, long time ago. It'd be a tiny slap on the wrist. That would be it. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Kevin in Orange County. Line one. Kevin, your thoughts about this? Well, as far as somebody like LeBron James or Brittany changing their minds, I really don't care because I really, you know, they have their opinion. I have mine. And 
I'm not going to be influenced by somebody because they're a star. No, that's... The only question I have, the only question I have for... No, go ahead, Kev. Go ahead real quick, Kevin. Real quick. Two seconds, Kevin. Oh, Kevin, we lost you there. But, Kevin, you're right. We have to make our own minds, but often they influence so many people around the country. Kevin, call back and we'll continue after the break. But also, in a few minutes, the great mega pastors, Joel Osteen and Victoria Osteen. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back to Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a very powerful story coming from Pennsylvania, where bystanders leapt into action to help a state trooper who was shot and wounded in the leg by a suspect. Now, Good Samaritans helped Trooper Johnny Schooley out of a mini-mart to stop the bleeding from his gunshot wound. And while they were giving him medical care, more Good Samaritans actually helped restrain the suspect. Video shows a group of them taking their shirts off their backs to make tourniquets. And one of the bystanders said people were just wrapping stuff around his leg, and he was directing us, saying, I need it tighter, I need it tighter. Schooley and his partner, another trooper, were on patrol when they noticed a disturbance at a mini-mart. The suspect was threatening people at the time with a pistol. And bravo to the troopers, and of course, how great, the Good Samaritans helping the troopers and also to get the suspects. Well, there is going to be a mega event taking place at Yankee Stadium this Saturday. You don't want to miss it. I'm going to be there, and so will thousands upon thousands of others and millions around the world. And tonight, we are talking about one of the greatest pastors and also his fellow pastor and wife, uh, who are probably two of the most inspiring ministers in the world. They're going to be joining us in a second, and of course, I am talking about the great Joel Osteen. God doesn't want you to live and die and nobody knew you were here. The way to stand out is number one, honor God with your life. Stay on that high road. Break away from things that are keeping you from being your very best. And joining us now are the mega pastors and just incredible human beings, Joel Osteen and Victoria Osteen. So great to have you here in studio on the Rita Cosby Show. Uh, so great to be with you, Rita. You, you just hadn't seen you in a while. Just always awesome to, to be with you. You're always such a joy. You always just bring so much light and love. And so thanks for having us today. Oh, it is incredible to have you both here. And you both bring joy to millions upon millions. What is it like for you to be back at Yankee Stadium? Uh, this is incredible. Everybody's excited. And by the way, everybody, again, tickets, Ticketmaster.com, Yankees.com, JoelOsteen.com. Everybody is on fire. They are so excited about you in Yankee Stadium again. What is it like for you? Oh, it's so it is. We are excited. You know, it's been sick been three years since we've been out on the road and so wow to get to come back in yankee stadium and um you know first time back we just feel you know blessed no better place than here in new york and so you know rita the, the thought is the pandemic has pushed people down and you know we've people have lost loved ones there's a lot of depression and anxiety and we felt like it's a great time to come together and we're calling it Come Home to Hope and talking about dreaming again, believing again, hoping again. Believing you get your hopes up, then you can see the good things God has in store. You are also a sports fan, too. So yeah. it's fitting. Uh, you're a runner. 
Uh, you still bench press pretty good. Yeah. Uh, pretty good. Now, pretty what do you good. bench press now? Well, he was kidding me earlier about three hundred, but maybe it's more like two seven two 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 twenty five is the real number. So, but anyway, what is it like for you to be an iconic Yankee Stadium? Because you did the first non-Yankees event, right, in yeah. Yankee Stadium. Yeah, in this new stadium. Yeah, that's back in 2009. Yeah, it's exciting, you know, being a sports fan, just, wow, standing out there where all those greats play and and used to play as well. So I don't know. There's something about it and just 50,000 people together, the open air, and then, man, there's just so much history with the Yankees. And so I, we feel blessed and very honored to be able to do this. And, Victoria, for you, too. I mean, you both have done such amazing events all over the world. Uh, but you're also a bit of a sports fan because wasn't your first date, am I right, at a at a Houston Rockets game, am I right? Ba- basketball game, yeah, in the Compact Center, which we now hold services every Sunday, which is just crazy to think. We've been married like 35 years, but... Um, it's been, it's been a great joy to just, you know, do that. And, and yeah. And so our first date was seeing the Rockets. Yeah. And now two kids later, two beautiful kids later, uh, did you ever dream, Victoria, that it would be like this? Uh, You're Huntsville, Alabama. I remember you and I talking. Um, and here you are so many years later, three and a half decades later with this wonderful man and the two of you are inspiring the world. Did you ever imagine this journey? Well, what a privilege it is. I'll tell you, I never did. In fact, if we would have, if someone would have told us that first date that we were going to be holding services in the compact center, we'd have probably run the other direction, you know, like no way. Mm-hmm. But because uh, we, I didn't marry a preacher, you know, I did not marry a minister. I married a, actually a TV guy. Joel was uh, behind the scenes working for his father's ministry and never really ever spoke before. So it was really quite a shock when um, his father passed away and but we we knew it I say it's quite a shock but somehow God always he gives you these promptings he gives you these knowings and so you're not totally freaked out but uh, yeah so we started back in 1999 and so it's been it's been a beautiful beautiful thing to help people to love people to see people come you know to Christ so it's, it's been beautiful and I have had the privilege of being at a number of your services. I love you both so much. And for me to see people come to Christ, uh, I've been somebody of faith for a long time, as you yeah. both know, which has been such a blessing in my life. But every time when I see your services and at the end you say, is there someone and you see this crowd come up, I have tears in my eyes. Yeah. Is it like that every time for you, Joel Osteen? I'm telling you, every time when we give that invitation for people to rededicate their life to Christ or maybe to receive him for the first time, it seems like 80 percent of the people stand. And I think, Rita, you know, a lot of people watch on television or listen to us on the radio. But when you come to a baseball arena, maybe they'll come there and they wouldn't go to church. And so this this is an opportunity to take a stand for their faith. And so we feel blessed. We've done it for you know, 20 something years, 200 and something events. And now back for our third time in Yankee stadium. So very excited and just to kind of, kind of feel like it's a turn from maybe the pandemic being in the past a little bit and moving on to, like I said, hoping again and dreaming again. How fitting to the timing and uh, as people of faith, as you both are, and I am, and so many of our great listeners here on the Rita Cosby show, Joel and Victoria, what is it like to, especially now, this is the first big event for you guys on the road since the pandemic 
And I feel like it is so fitting that we were talking earlier that it's God's time. God knows. Yes. But the timing right now, there are so many people who are looking for answers after the pandemic. We see the lines also in the food banks rising again with just a tough economy. People looking for uh, a grounding and to have that connectivity, that relationship with God. Talk about the timing right now and how the need is really still so great. It really is, Rita. I felt the same thing that we got a call from the Yankees organization about six months ago. And and my first thought was, I don't know, you know, there's all this stuff still going on. Will people come to an event? But the more I thought about it and prayed about it, I thought this this is feels like it's a, a God opening a door, that it is a strategic time in our nation and in our world. Uh, you know, just like you said, with all the negativity, the, the the inflation and the divisiveness, and and then you put on top of that the pandemic, and I just felt like it's a good time to just you know, maybe we can spark people in their faith. You know, maybe we can get some people to let go of the old, the disappointments, and really start believing again. And so, I do feel like it's a strategic time, and um, you know, God opens these doors. And you know, I know your listeners to, to, tonight. You know that you know there may be things going on in your life, but I do believe. It's time to, as you let go of the old, you begin to see God to do the new things in your life. And that's why you call it part of Night of Hope. Yes. Um, And, of course, this is called uh, Come Home to Hope. How fitting uh, that there at Yankee Stadium, everybody, this Saturday. Again, tickets, everybody, at Ticketmaster.com, Yankees.com, and, of course, the great JoelOsteen.com as well, too. You know, Victoria, too, talk about the people that are coming to you now, too, because so many people come at different times in their lives, um, and people come often when it's difficult times like now or the loss of a loved one. Are there certain stories that have stood out to you? Because people turn to both of you at some of their most dire times. What a privilege for both of you to be that messenger at that moment. But are there things that are moving you in particular? Well, it's so in- encouraging to know that this message of hope is for from seven to to 107. I'm going to meet a young a young boy tonight, seven years old. He's coming. He wants to meet us. And it's exciting that he's getting this in him, the word of God. And, you know, there's just been so many moving stories about people being, you know, at their end of their rope, not seeing how anything can change in their life. And just by giving their, you know, their attention to God, putting him first place, that things just begin to turn around. Sometimes it's slowly, but there's a turnaround and there's a change in perspective. Because I think it's all how we see a problem. You know, how do we see these challenges? And so I think with eyes of hope, with eyes of it can get better, with eyes that God is helping me, it's amazing how it can change our perspective. So there's just a lot of great stories. I just remember the last time we were at Yankee Stadium, we got reports of people in the subway singing, I'm a friend of God, and just singing and just, (laughs) you know, just so uplifted. So that's what we're, we're, our prayer is that people will be just uplifted and freshened and and refreshed and know that God is still in control and he still loves them and has a great future for them. And comes at the right time and at the right message and and reading the Bible, too, and getting back to basics, too. I think a lot of people with COVID had that feeling of, like, appreciating faith, 
Yes. family. Did you see that, Joel, that, that there was sort of a renewal, if you will? I think so. I think COVID got everybody's attention because it made us, you know, you know, Slow when it shuts down. shut down things, you you kind of reprioritize what what is important in my life. And I think people did turn to their faith, even though, Rita, we couldn't have services in our in our basketball or former basketball arena for eight months. But so all, how did you do it? How did you? Yeah, we did it with with no people there. We just recorded it. And so we just went. Well, we went, recorded it or went live on Sundays, but it's funny because the, the audience on the online and the media was, you know, five to ten times what it normally is. And so it did go out. People were turning to their faith by the millions. And so I think, you know, I'm not saying God sent it all, but I know God uses things to get our attention. And to me, even myself, I mean, all of us, we can work all the time and we're building this, but you know, what comes down to it is it's your family. It's your, you know, who are you helping? Who are you being a blessing to? And so I think, you know, we take the good out of the pain pandemic kind of you know those that have lost loved ones and stuff that's difficult but i do think it's a you know it's a, it's a time of to reboot to turn to your faith to know that hey you know we can be gone in a second but let's make our lives count you know every day is a gift from god and i want to live it in faith and be a blessing to somebody else absolutely and you're appreciating what matters and passing yeah. that on yeah victoria too for women too. Is there a special message for women? I had the honor of speaking at the women's ministry yeah. there at Lakewood Church, which was one of my greatest honors. And I remember speaking to the women at your church. It was so beautiful. There's so yeah. many great layers to what you guys are doing. Yeah. Tell us about some of the women that are coming forward. Well, you know, women wear so many hats, and we do so many and so many things. And we such, do, we do. And and and, and <laughs> right, by, Joel, nature, yeah. by nature, by nature, nurturers. Good he yeah. said yes. That's, That's right. right. That's right. But, well, by nature, we're nurturers, and and we happen to have to take care of everyone else. And sometimes we don't always take care of ourselves. But I think that the women coming will be refreshed, and they will realize that you know what they have. Um, not only do they have purpose in their families and their children and their workplace, but they've got purpose within themselves, their own personal purpose. And so I think that, you know, the, being, being multifaceted, you have to know that, you know, you've got, God's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for your children. He's got a plan for your family. And so I think that's what it's going to do. I think it just helps people when they hear the word of God, they get in an atmosphere of faith, that your faith begins to rise because I really think that faith is contagious. You know, if I'm down and discouraged, I want someone speaking faith to me. I don't want them telling me how bad it is and the, the problem's so bad it's never going to change. That's not going to help me a bit. But if I come to someone and I'm like, hey, I'm in a bind, I want them to help me see solutions, help me realize God's still on the throne, that he still loves me, that he still has a great plan for me. And, and that's why I say that faith is contagious. When people start speaking God's word to you, it just takes a hold in your spirit and it becomes your spirit man becomes bigger and and stronger and that's what i that's what i believe it does for women and i think that because we are such influences in the workplace and in our families that we need to be built up in our faith absolutely and everybody we are talking to the super pastors joel and victoria Osteen here on the rita cosby show speaking of women victoria uh cc winans you've got a great lineup she is a superstar i can't wait to hear her on saturday night I'm going to be there, of course. I, there's no way I would miss seeing you guys in Yankee Stadium. What is that like? Well, she's this? a queen, that is for sure. You know, she has won so many Grammy, Grammys. I don't, I don't, I've lost count. She is, uh, she's got a family that loves God, was raised, you know, in the church with such a solid family. And it just comes out in her ministry. And so we're really great, pleased to have her. We have Torin Wells, 
we have our own Lakewood music. So we're going to have some music. We're going to have some testimonies. We're going to have some just good word going out. We're going to have fun. That's just all there is to it. It's going to be a fun night. Yeah, great night. Well, And you talk about fun, too, yeah. and how you've been able to connect and reach out to people and to be there, like as you brought up in Yankee Stadium, um, I mentioned you before the interview. It's fitting that we're doing it today because today was my dad's birthday. Yes. Um, my father is no longer with us, and I've talked about him on the show. He was a prisoner of war, um, saved by American troops. I shared uh, my testimony and my journey with him at your church, which yeah. was amazing, Joel and Victoria Osteen. But my dad was also a runner and was also someone who came back to faith. And in so many ways, I think it's because of both of you. Wow. And to me, that's such a blessing. So to see you here in studio and to have you join our incredible audience tonight is really a blessing. Because my father, you were able to touch him in a certain way that I think so many other pastors can't. Um, What do you think it is about you, Joel and Victoria? What is it about you that you've been able to kind of reach folks and that you are going to have a packed stadium in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, Rita. I don't know what it is. I never planned on doing this. I worked behind the scenes at my dad's church, and when he passed, I, I stepped up. But I don't know. I think some of it is just the providence of God. Maybe I don't talk as much like a traditional pastor. I, I don't know. I try to talk about everyday life. How do we forgive? How do we reach our dreams? How do we draw close to God? How do we have a good attitude? So I don't know what it is, but I feel I feel blessed that people listen. And, you know, many of those that listen and watch us weren't raised in church like me. And that's always been my goal is to kind of get outside the church walls. But speaking of your dad, I, I love the book that you wrote about your dad and all that. I have it in my Thank library you. at home. It's a beautiful book. And uh, that's very, very honoring. Well, my dad was a runner like yeah. you, and your message is run your own race. You yeah. try to customize that. Tell everybody out there listening. Yeah, well, I think it's easy to compare these days. And with social media, and you know, you feel good about yourself until you see somebody else doing better. And I think, you know what, God's made us individuals. Uh, you know, when, when my dad passed, he had pastored the church for 40 years. And my first thought was, I got to be like my dad because everybody expects that, me to preach like him and lead like him. But I realized I didn't have my dad's personality. My dad was a fiery preacher and I'm more laid back. But, you know, Rita, when I really stepped into my own shoes and when I, got, I got comfortable with who I am, that's when it began to grow. And so I just remind myself, remind your listeners, you know, you're unique. You have the talent you need. You have the looks you need, the height you need. You're the right nationality. You don't have to be wishing and competing with somebody else. If anything, compete. I think we should compete with ourselves. Like, I want to be better next year than I am right now. I want to be a better husband, a better speaker, a better pastor, you know, better. Just, you know, compete with ourselves. But competing with somebody else is very frustrating because there will always be somebody that's ahead. And everybody, we are talking to Joel and Victoria Osteen, um, just incredible human beings who are inspiring the world. Do you, here it is, you've been all over the world. You've been to India and you've been all over. Talk about some of the journeys you've gone on and also of late, too, because there's a lot of places that you probably want to go. Are there places on your bucket list? Yeah, you know, I've, I've been to, we, Victoria and I have been to India many times with my father, and I haven't been back in 20 years since my dad passed, but we are going back this December, and it'll be my first time and to, to honor some of the leaders that work with my dad. So, you know, um, I, we enjoy traveling. We've been to South Africa. My brother goes to Africa and operates. He's a surgeon, and so we visited him back in Tanzania and 
Zambia and some places like that. But you know what? We love going across the U.S. as well. We, this is a great country too, but it's a, it's a blessed day to be alive. I, and to me, Rita, I see you and some of the friends here at the station. It's just, man, this is a gift that we get to do life together. And I, I, I just try to be grateful and encourage others to, to see the good in this day. You know, you may be driving in traffic or, you know, dealing with some problems at work, but you know what? There's still a lot of good. And, and I would encourage you, don't let the, the negative, you know, steal the joy of this day. Because I really believe, I, I've always told Victoria, one day we'll look back and say, these were the good old days. Remember remember 2022 when we were doing that with Rita? That, well, we're living in the good old days. And so I think we need to appreciate it. Well, we're all living in the good old days with you guys. And <laughs> it is going to be not good, but it's going to be great. <laughs> this Saturday night at Yankee Stadium, everybody, 7 o'clock. And real quick, is there something that you go Every time you go to Yankee Stadium, you're a sports fan, uh, obviously, to see all these thousands upon thousands of people. There's still there's something so special about that moment. Yeah, it still still, still gives me chill bumps to go there and just to think because, you know, what goes through my mind a lot of times, Rita, is how did this happen? I never dreamed dreamed I'd be here. And so part of me is that message that I can give to others. You don't know where God's going to take you. You keep being faithful. I thought I'd be behind the scenes. I'd be a television producer my whole life. Never dreamed I'd be in front of the camera and much less in, at Yankee Stadium. So who knows where God's going to take you if you'll just keep being faithful, doing the right thing, even when the wrong thing's happening. Keep doing the right thing because, you know, God sees what's going on and he knows how to he knows how to promote and open new doors. Well, what a blessing it is to have you both here. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. And everybody, come out Saturday night. (laughs) It is going to be one of the most transformative, one of the most inspiring nights for all of you. And you will be as encouraged as I always am when I get to see the beautiful Victoria Osteen and the incredible Jill Osteen. Both of you guys are such a dynamic duo. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Rita. Always great to see you. So good to be here. And I can't wait to go to Yankee Stadium and to see them. That will be one for the record books, everybody. And hope all of you will join me, too, and join them. How cool. When we come back, we're going to take your calls. 1-800-848-9222. And you have been listening to Rita and Joel and Victoria Osteen. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And everybody, after the break, I'm going to give you some big news that's happened on primary night. We're just getting results in from Arizona. We're going to talk about that and continue with your calls about Brittany Griner. Uh, also, by the way, uh, the great CEO of Goya Foods, Bob Unanwe, who is fighting human trafficking. And that's a huge issue on our southern border, Russia, Ukraine. We're going to be talking about that. Some stunning numbers And that is going to be coming up also after the break. Uh, Let's go to Frank in Queens, line four. Frank, your thoughts real quick. Yeah, you mentioned the cop in a Mexican prison. Check out the Dobbsbury Deli shooting online. Oh, Frank, 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 you are rambling as you always do. But call us back when you have something of substance to say. Let's go to LQ real quick. LQ, we're talking about Brittany Griner. Go ahead, LQ. Oh, yes, um... Glad that, uh, God bless you. I'm glad you had the Oaks thing doing. That was on my mind. Well, grace, uh, sin abound, grace much more abound. You know, uh, LQ, do you want to hear? I, You are such a beautiful soul, and I know I love how you listen to the show every night. And when I saw that you called in, I said, he's going to love Joel Osteen. Boy, is he an amazing person. And he is someone of faith who inspires us, especially at such a divided time in the world. 
feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And some big news tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show with results just coming in, where Carrie Lake, the former local Fox anchor in Arizona, has just defeated officially Karen Taylor Robeson in the Arizona Republican gubernatorial primary. Uh, That's a big deal because the race was very tight. Uh, on primary night here on Tuesday night here on the show, we saw the numbers kind of going up and down and up and down. And it really was any person's race. Trump had backed Carrie Lake and she has very much sort of emulated his style and his view. Uh, she became the immediate front runner soon after that coveted endorsement. And now in just the last few minutes has been declared the official winner Again, of the Arizona Republican gubernatorial primary. Of course, that means she moves on to the general election in November. And the amount that separated her and Robeson at the end of the day was 19,000 votes, uh, which is a decent amount, but not a big amount uh, because Lake had over 300,000. Uh, both of them did. So 19,000, it was neck and neck. And again, Carrie Lake, Trump endorsed candidate winning the Arizona Republican gubernatorial primary, and now she will go on to the general election. By the way, this also just shows uh, the pattern and the success of the Trump-backed candidates, because there's been a lot of them in the last few days in particular, in the last few weeks and months. But even on election night, Tudor Dixon in uh, Michigan, Eric Schmidt in Missouri, Blake Masters in Arizona, and a number of others All of them Trump endorsed and now Carrie Lake, a big, big win because the other one had Mike Pence pushing for her. So it was sort of the true test of like a Pence versus Trump Uh, could be a sign of a matchup that may happen in 2024. And for now, uh, Trump candidates are doing very, very well in the primaries. And Carrie Lake will be seeing a lot of her between now and November as she hopes to become the next governor of Arizona. Meantime, we are talking about Brittany Griner, who was sentenced to nine and a half years in a Russian prison today. She made her case saying that it was an honest mistake. She did not mean to bring uh, the marijuana. It was cannabis oil in vape cartridges that she was carrying in her luggage all the way back on February 17th when she went to Russia. She'd been in Russia back and forth. So that's why a lot of people are talking and saying, well, maybe she should have known better. You know, these are clear rules in Russia. They don't like people carrying any sort of cannabis. It's not like uh, Colorado where it's like a free-for-all. My goodness. Last time I went to Colorado, I don't think there's anybody who wasn't on marijuana, including my hotel clerk. But that's a whole other story. But as we're looking at what's happening over in Russia, My goodness, the rules are really stringent. And she was over there playing for them, you know, and their professional team over there. But to get nine and a half years, that is outrageous. To me, it is unbelievable. And right now, how are they going to do this exchange? Because clearly, there's going to have to be some sort of prisoner swap to get her out. There's no way you can have her sitting there. She shouldn't be sitting there, I don't think, for nine minutes. 
And believe me, I have criticized our justice system for not being tough enough. But nine years in a Russian prison for carrying, you know, cannabis oil and vaping products. Come on. I think this is outrageous. The problem is you got Joe Biden right now. You got him leading the charge in the world, the leader of the free world. And he hasn't done very well when you look at Afghanistan. He hasn't done very well when you're looking at everything that's been going on with China and uh, Taiwan, the way he handled and basically told Nancy Pelosi not to go. And she went and he's been afraid of Xi Jinping. And then, of course, he hasn't done very well in particular with Russia, who's going to be at the heart of this all, because, you know, Putin is so involved in any sort of prisoner swap. So even Jesse Waters, also of Fox News, had this to say, saying that basically this is not a good time to be a prisoner in Russia, given this president and given the influence that Putin has. So this could be like the, was the worst time and place to be held hostage anywhere when you have a president like this guy, who's obviously not focused on returning American hostages. He doesn't have any negotiating skills. He doesn't understand leverage. We're going to get a Bergdahl trade all over again. Oh, my goodness. Remember, Bo Bergdahl uh, turned out he deserted. He deserted. And we gave away, like, all those, like, terrorist people. I and mean, talk about a bad trade on that one. This one, they're talking about her and Paul Whelan. For this merchant of death who is a one bad dude, one bad Russian dude, like a scene out of Terminator. This guy is not a good guy. He's held in a Connecticut prison. So the question is, will they make that kind of trade? Will they have to do something else? And who has the upper hand? Sadly, Putin does. Because with this president, with Biden, I don't see him holding Putin's feet to the fire. I see him trying, barely trying, trying like he was trying to stop Nancy Pelosi. You saw how that worked. So what are your thoughts in terms of what's going to happen now? What do you think of her going there with the vaping product? Should she have known better? But also nine years. Come on. This is really serious. And do you think now there'll be even more significant things going on behind the scenes with a trade? I hate to say this. I look at Joe Biden. He was part of the administration that sent that $1.5 billion. Remember the tons of money that came in crates suddenly in the middle of the night to Iran and didn't want to tell us about it? Remember the cash? He was vice president at that time. He's seen big money trades. So I'm curious what you think Putin is going to want for this and what could Putin potentially get? Well, Greg Gutfeld, also on the Five on Fox, said, you know what? He is sick of athletes like Brittany Griner, who did take a knee protesting America during the anthem. Shame on her. But I hope she has a revelation of how great this country is. And no matter again, yes, we have problems, but this is the greatest system of justice in the world, the most fair. She wouldn't get nine years in prison here, that's for sure. And this is what Greg has to say to her. I don't think it's a great trade, uh, but she has to come back. And I know that like, I have friends, I just talked to a friend who takes pleasure in this because of this, of how she trashed America, how she trashed the national anthem and all that stuff. But I, I think that's the wrong way to look at it. You should want her out precisely because of her political statements, just to prove her wrong. Uh, maybe she will stand for the national anthem when she comes back, because she, she will realize that this is, where she is right now is not America. Yeah, far from American justice. Uh, Let's go to Jerry in Chicago. Jerry, your thoughts on all this. Hi, Rita. Thank you very much for taking You got it. I want to know why. Okay. I want to know why you think 
that she would just get a slap on the wrist here in America if she was caught with that stuff. Is it because she's a black female lesbian where she could scream racism and then the authorities would be afraid to charge her with something? See, Russia doesn't care about stuff like that. I say let that American hating creature rot over there. Wow. And, she'll learn her lesson. And listen, Jerry, I hear what you're saying in terms of I did not like uh, when she took a knee. I thought it was outrageous. And hopefully she comes back and says this is the greatest country in the world. And I am sorry and maybe can influence her friend like LeBron James and some of these others. Um, but the reason I say it to you about the slap on the wrist is this is, is she was found with vaping cartridges carrying hashish oil which is extracted from cannabis in her luggage. So, yeah, she should not have been carrying it. Obviously, that was stupid. She knows better. She's in Russia. You know the rules, whatever the deal is, right? Um, But come on, this is a tiny, tiny amount. When you see drug dealers, and I'm not, believe me, Jerry, I'm not a fan. I've come right out. I do not like people using drugs. I don't think it's a good idea for young people. I think it sends the wrong message. I mean, there's so many things. I, I, I hear you on that. On the other hand, this was just a very small amount. And based on American justice, she wouldn't serve any time whatsoever. Believe me, if this happened in America, she wouldn't serve any time, even under a reasonable DA. And I'm not even talking Alvin Bragg. I already said he'd probably buy her a car. I mean, that guy would like, you know, he he seems to coddle anybody who's been arrested, right? Um, but we see the history. We see drug dealers. There was, a, there was a, two guys who got busted with an enormous amount of fentanyl. And they got out wrongly, I don't think. But in California, they got out to show up for an appearance. So that's the reason I put it in that kind of a context. That's the reason I say it, the reality is it would never happen in America. If somebody got caught with this, no matter her color, no matter, you know, anything, uh, she would, you know, this is so minor and given the standards of justice in America, absolutely zero. Abs- I really think absolutely. I can't imagine anybody almost any. I'm trying to think of almost any DA in this country or anybody who would have pressed charges against anybody. You know, um, and I think it's the right thing to do. I mean, obviously, it's not correct. You got to live by another country's standards. But come on, nine and a half years. That is nuts. Let's go to Russ. Uh, line eight. Russ, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Hey, um, you know, at first I thought the deal was for um, the vaping person, Brittany Griner, plus a guy named Waylon, who seemed to be a CIA spy. Yeah, yeah, by the, yeah, by, yeah, it is, by the way. It's the two of them. Go ahead. Well, well, you know, something messed up the deal, and it, they were going to be exchanged for this merchant of death. And, you know, what, what happened? Did Blinken get hubris, or did he get played by Lavrov? What, what do you think happened? I think that they were hoping, I think there was probably, to your point, a little bit of playing because it it didn't sound like Russia ever agreed to it, but I got the impression that Blinken and those guys were hoping it would happen because, remember, the reason I say this, I've covered a lot of hostage negotiations. I've actually been present when hostages were released in different, you know, different stories. I was over with Jesse Jackson when those guys who were shot down you know, and, uh, you know, and you outside, of, you know, the, you know, Belgrade uh, were released. So usually you don't hear about it most of the time until it happens because there's such sensitivity. But the fact that Blinken came out and basically announced it to the world and said, hey, here's what we're thinking of. I think they thought maybe behind the scenes they could make it happen. And exactly to your point, maybe he got played 
And then he thought by maybe announcing it to the world that this prospective trade would be in the works might put pressure on Russia and maybe the rest of the world might put pressure on Russia to, you know, for a public relations standpoint, to up the ante that they would look bad not wanting to do any sort of a trade. But uh, but what do you think? Do you think it's going to happen, Russ? What do you think? Well, it seemed to me like a, a fair trade when it was uh, the, the merchant of death for a CIA agent. And the vaping person, I refer to her as a vaping person, was just a sideshow. But now what they're going to get is the merchant of death for just a woman, you know, smoking a little pot in the vapor. So we're, get, we're getting the raw end of the deal. Doesn't oh, seem so, very fair for so us. now do you think – I see, I'm still hearing that it's the two of them. But, I bet it's not. But that's a, it's not. that's a great point, Russ. They might say, you know, we'll give you one for one. And boy, you're right. Yeah, we'll some, we'll wow. see. I'd love to hear about your experience in Yugoslavia there on the air someday, Rita. Really. You got it. You got it. Okay, I was over there and, and interviewed Milosevic and uh, Arkan, wow. who was, by the way, known as the Butcher of the Balkans. That was Arcan. a scary day. Yeah, wow. he went to prison. Yes. Thank you, Rita. Thank, thank you. you, Russ. Thank you very much. You are awesome. Uh, let's go to Sherilyn in Ontario. Sherilyn, your thoughts about this? Hi, Rita. Um, number one, love your show. Think you're fantastic, and you should get all the awards you get. Oh my! Well, the uh, best award is that I hear from you guys every night. That to me is the best. Thing, before I tell you why I called, I think the world of Norman. I love him when he calls every night. He he just really says some really neat things. He does. He's great. And and you know, yeah. Sherilyn. I, as you all know, because I love you all, I love hearing from different opinions. I don't There's a lot of times when Norman calls that I think he's so right on the money. Um, but today he thinks he thinks she should be like basically uh, like uh, in Midnight Express for nine years. You know, he's hardcore. My thought on this right now is when I listen to everything is you're dealing with Putin. You're dealing with Russia. I don't think it's going to be a prison uh, actual trade-off. I think what Putin will come across with, he's going to try to get the United States to quit giving a, uh, military equipment to Ukraine. Oh, and my I don't gosh. Think that, I don't think U.S. will go that way because they're part of NATO. You know, so well, I, well, Ukraine is not part yet. Remember that they're no, trying? But what I mean is they're not, but the United States is. So United States isn't going to be able to say, no, okay, we'll quit giving stuff to Ukraine. I don't think he, they can play that game. So, But I think that's how Putin will come out. By the way, I would not – that's a really powerful statement, Sherilyn. Um, and I would not put it past Putin that he doesn't say, you know, something, you know, horrific. Like, you know, you you pull out or you do not support, obviously. You stop your military shipments um, to Ukraine. You stop selling them or else. I mean, there could be some really serious threats going on, you know, or else something may happen to Brittany Griner or Paul Whelan or both or something. I mean, um, that to me, that's a huge stakes trade. And I do not obviously ever seeing even Biden, who I think has been a disaster in foreign policy. Um, I don't think he would ever consider that, um, you know, but I, I could see Putin asking for the sun and the moon and everything else. And I agree with you. I think it's going to go a lot bigger than just uh, the, you know, the two for one that we were talking about or the one for one. I think there's going to be, you know, maybe there's like five merchants of death that they now want released or something like that. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. You know, this is it's getting scary. And the fact that Putin, I think, feels he can pull one over on Joe Biden. I mean, Joe Biden has not really shown super strength. It was that minor incursion. He's seeing what happened in Afghanistan. He's seeing basically with China, he talks to the leader of China and doesn't bring up the Wuhan lab or COVID. 
I mean, what kind of set of cojones do you have or do you not have? And so Putin sees that. And he's, I agree with you, Sean. I think he's going to ask for some real serious stuff. And you hit a great point there um, because I would not be surprised if he tries to, like, at least say that. Whether any American president would do that, I do not think so. I think even Jimmy Carter, who was obviously one of the worst presidents, maybe Biden actually beats him on that. I don't think any of them would ever do that, would ever trade out that kind of a thing, sadly, for Brittany Griner. Um, but let's hope she comes home soon. We're going to continue your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. What do you think of the sentence? And what do you think, Sherilyn and the others have brought up some really powerful points of what could happen in this trade, if there is going to be a trade? What do you think Putin's going to ask for now, now that she's been sentenced to nine years? What do you think he's going to ask for? Is it just her, you know, trading her one for one? Is it something really big? You know, is it going to be like, you know, we want, uh, you know, half of the prison wing out? What is he going to ask for? 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And tonight we are talking about Brittany Griner, the WNBA star who was sentenced to nine and a half years in a Russian prison stemming from her arrest on drug charges. They threw the book at her. That's what prosecutors wanted was nine and a half years. And she is going to get the nine and a half year sentence. But the question is, will she stay there? Will there be some sort of trade between Putin and Biden? And are you confident that Biden and his team can negotiate something as sensitive as this? And what do you think Putin's going to ask for? Because originally they were talking about her and another captive in exchange for this, quote, merchant of death, who was one bad guy, uh, who was a big arms trader, a guy who was accused of trying to kill Americans. He is here in America behind bars, uh, which I hope he rots for the rest of his life. But there could be a trade. Or is Putin going to ask for more? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to David in Los Angeles. David, your thoughts. First of all, nine and a half years is outrageous, way too long, and I do have empathy for Brittany. But, you know, let's keep in mind, she bad raps America. It's racist, it's it's homophobic, and she walked out of the national anthem, so no love for her. But uh, let me say, Putin is going to drag Biden over the coals because there's no pressure on Putin. But if Biden doesn't make this happen, you know, LeBron James and every LGBTQ and every black organization is going to be screaming and hollering. They'll say that nuclear war is justified to get Britney out. So Putin's going to be getting a lot more and we'll never really find out. But, yeah, like that one caller said about maybe not selling Ukraine uh, anymore weapons. But here's what's really going to make me sick when she does finally get out as she does. She's going to be such a star. She's going to be doing the morning talk show circuits, the Gail King interview. So probably get endorsements and a book deal where she'll be able to say how LGBT discrimination and about racism all because why? Because she can stick a ball through a hoop and she got busted with drugs in Russia. That's going to make me nuts. Now, one thing, one thing, by the way, David, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't know. I'm always kind of an optimist. So I hope when she comes back, she says, you know what? I really made a mistake by criticizing this great country of ours, America. I am thankful to the American people for your thoughts and prayers. And I hope 
um, that, you know, that she has an epiphany. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a realist, kind of a slim chance she'll do it. But that would be the absolute right thing to do. And then maybe she can give a wake-up call to all these other snotty athletes who make all this money, like you just said, and, you know, don't necessarily always appreciate this country. So maybe this is a wake-up call to her and some of these others of how lucky, lucky we are. Bob Unanway with Goya after the break. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night, where we honor our military and their families. A powerful story coming from beautiful Huntington, New York. John Geis, who is an exceptional veteran who served in two branches in the U.S. military, was honored this week for his 90th birthday. Family, friends, and fellow veterans and many elected officials praised him for his service to our nation and to his country. And just a little bit about his background. Served in the U.S. Air Force between 1948 to 1952. He achieved the rank of sergeant. And some of his critical service included participating in the Berlin airlift that ferried essential supplies to West Berlin in 1948 and 1949. How beautiful to see that he's honored even on his 90th birthday. What a great, great thing. Well, whether it is our southern border or elsewhere, human trafficking is an enormous issue around the world. And the CEO of the International Center for Exploited and Missing Children, Bob Cunningham, says children are the biggest victims. In the United States, we know that one in seven kids who goes missing is a victim of sexual exploitation, child trafficking. Uh, Around the world, we know that around a million kids each year are the victim of sexually oriented child trafficking. We also know that today there are about 2 billion people age 18 and under who have experienced some kind of sexual abuse in their lives. So these are the kinds of statistics that should get everybody's attention and should make us all want to do everything we can to stop this scourge on our society. Here is a stunning number. Every 60 seconds, two more children will be abducted by human traffickers. Our next guest is a real hero in the fight against this terrible fact of child trafficking. Bob Unanwe is the third generation of the Unanwe family, which launched Goya Foods, the largest Hispanic-owned food company in the United States. But he also spearheaded the powerful Goya Cares campaign, dedicated to combating human trafficking and bringing back the values of faith and family. And the great Bob Unanwe joins us now here on the Rita Cosby Show. Bob, great to have you here. Thanks for having me, Rita. And I just want to congratulate you for all your success in your program. You've done just a fantastic job. You are the great one. I don't uh, deserve great status. And, and and also, you're great because you have pronounced my name better than anyone I've ever met. <laughs> oh, muchas gracias. Of course, you have Spanish origins, and you and I both have great ties to Sevilla, Spain. So we have a lot of great love. And, and I love what you're doing, Bob. It is so remarkable with Goya Cares 
And the numbers are staggering. I mean, I, I, it's mind-blowing when you think about 40 million people are trafficked every year around the world. How did you get so involved in Goya Cares? Well, Rita, it started, you know, a friend of mine, uh, Eduardo Verastegui. Uh, Verastegui is also a, a Basque name in Yunnan, where you have a lot of vowels, and uh, it's usually a Basque name from northern Spain. But he did some movies. He did Bella back in the day, uh, which was a great story. He did Little Boy, and he did this thing. It's not out yet. It's called The Sound of Freedom, and it's about trafficking of children. Uh, This is in Central and South America. And, of course, it's not just trafficking across the border, which is happening now and just is so out of control. But it's also in our neighborhoods in, in our schools and, and in malls and, and, and things like that, there are, you know, uh, a lot of it is familiarity with, you know, the victim. But at, at the end of the day, the driving force, which is a driving force in so many things, is money, the profit. It's a $250 billion business. It's one of the biggest industries in the world. Drugs, trafficking, arms sale. They all go, well, the arms sales, no, but they all go hand in hand. And this incredible uh, drive for profit, it moves everything. And the children are getting younger and younger uh, because there's more profit in that. There's the six steps of trafficking, which are grooming or befriending, intoxication. Uh, And then you have alienating, isolation. Uh, desensitizing and capitalizing. But capitalizing is the end game. And there's so many people involved in this. It's so lucrative that it's just uh, out of control. You know, we're not valuing things, you know, because we're not working. We've been shut down and we're not valuing life. And so, you know, children are being sold. They're being trafficked. You know, all these horrific things are being done. But this movie, The Sound of Freedom, uh, really pointed that out, and it was such an eye-opener uh, for myself, for so many of us who have seen this. Uh, Dr. Ben Carson, who I'm good friends with, uh, he saw it, you know, his wife Candy. Uh, we want to start uh, having more screenings and get this movie out to create the awareness because people just are not aware of this great, uh, you know, tragedy in, in the world. Absolutely. And by the way, count me in for anything with the screenings or showcasing because it is so important. I know Eduardo, too. I remember interviewing him when Bella came out and also getting the word out about Little Boy. He does such amazing work. So it's beautiful that you've partnered with him and another great soul who I love, of course, Ben Carson. You know, Bob Unanwe, when we talk about this, how do these traffickers get to these young children? Um, sometimes it's circumstances, it social media. Where is the most common time where this happens? Well, it's a befriending, and they're going into the middle schools, they're going to high schools. You know, we have someone that worked with us. His daughter went off to college, and they spiked her uh, drink. A lot of these kids now, they, they have these caps they put on their drinks because you put a drink down, and, you know, you're uh, – you know, you're, you're uh, drugged, and then it's over. It's done because you, you, uh, you're you now a victim. Or you're befriended, they groom you, they start uh, getting 
you know, information from you. They start isolating you, insulating you from your your family. You know, a lot of the families today, you know, we've, we have the town we're in here in Brookshire, Texas. We, you know, we're all over the United States, the Caribbean, and the world. Uh, 70% of the children have no parents, no father. Uh, 70% have no father. So, you know, we're working two jobs. We're both are working or we're incentivizing the single home. And, and look what's happening with these uh, single-parent homes the shootings, the trafficking, we're not putting the child at the center of our care and concern. We're letting them, uh, we're not really taking advantage of them. I have a, uh, I have 12 grandchildren. I have six children, 12 grandchildren. My oldest grandchild is 15 in Massachusetts. Her uh, school friend of 15 the other day committed suicide. These smartphones are you know, we have these kids isolated and their contact is with these smartphones that are bullying or they're comparing them. You know, they're, they're making them feel that they're not adequate enough. They're not good enough. They're not pretty enough. They're not talented enough. And so you don't, you know, the parents as parents, we have to be on top of our children, who they're hanging out with, what what are they exposed to? And, you know, our kids are exposed to too many rough things uh, too early on. You know, this Twitter I, I recently read where the Twitter in, in in China is much cleaner and different than the Twitter here because they're corrupting the minds of these children. The Instagram, the Snapchat, all these things are dosing the kids with really negative uh, desensitizing things, you know, where the where the woman or the child is is an object. They're not valued. And we need to value that, but we need to protect the children, bring them to the center of our care and concern, because they're not only the future, they're the present. One thousand percent. And everybody, we are talking to the great CEO of Goya Foods, Bob Unanway, who spearheaded this incredible campaign to combat human trafficking, especially child trafficking. It's called Goya Cares. You can go to goyacares.com. Also check it out at blocktraffic.org, everybody. Lots of places to check it out and learn how you can get involved and how you can help uh, with this huge, huge issue that is in every neighborhood and in every country. Uh, You know, Bob, one of the things, too, you talk about is faith. I love this about you. I've had the honor to know you. But you bring faith and you bring hope. You talked about the message of family. But you've also brought, was it like a 1,000 rosaries blessed by Pope Francis and 60,000 or 70? I remember it was tons um, from Americans brought them over um, to the refugees, the Ukrainian refugees. Talk about that. Yes, we call it the miracle of the rosaries. There's this beautiful woman, Shannon Hass, in San Antonio, uh, I appeared on a, a program. She saw me on the program. I was talking about faith and the value of the importance of life and, and protecting the children. And she offered us uh, a rosary that she made by herself, of, uh, basically with the theme of Mother Teresa, who had said, you know, we need to bring the children to a center of our care and concern. So I accepted that one rosary, but then the word went out and she made hundreds, thousands. We're at over 100,000 and still 
uh, growing. We we took uh, we went out to see her in San Antonio, and she said, "Please, Bob, would you take these rosaries? They're about fifteen thousand at the time to um, the the people of the Ukraine." Yeah, sure. Why not? No, <laughs> we went out with a group. We went over there. We went to the border. We were met with the. Uh, we went over with Jem. There's Global Empowerment Mission. Uh, we were donating food over there, but we had some brave uh, Green Berets who took these rosaries to some uh, Dominican uh, priests in Lviv, and also we had a mass in Cheskahova. We uh, were at this Divine Divine Mercy Hut in Verbene on the border, and it was like a spiritual journey because what one rosary uh, turned into a multitude. And we got it over there, and it's still being sent over there. But, you know, God has created us, our lives, but man has created, and women, the the ability to destroy itself. Every day, even today, we're using food as a weapon. Uh, We are getting smarter with our God-given intelligence, but we're making um, things that to destroy ourselves. But the good thing we saw over there was all these, you know, we, there were nuns, priests, there were atheists over there in this mercy tent, uh, which had a chapel, food, medical, and all that. But everybody, to see, you know, the, the response by people of faith or not of faith, but reaching out to help. The, all these women that were sent into exile with children who will probably be uh, abused further down the road. Uh, we met Nella, who was this about 30-year-old woman, beautiful gal with uh, her son, uh, Andrei. Her husband, Andrei, also is an engineer. I asked her, what were your parting words with your husband as he had to stay and fight? And she said, he said to me, love and protect our child, Andrei, and I will protect and defend our country. And that's really the word. That's what we're all called to do is love and protect our children. And I think with all that's going on, people are realizing that. And I think that's the the light at the end of the tunnel that, you know, with the only thing that can destroy hate is love. And, you know, that's what God calls us to do. What a beautiful message. I'm choked up listening to the story of what they exchanged the words, you know, that she shared with her husband uh, about their child. How beautiful and how powerful. I want to talk a, a little bit, Bobby Nanway, about some of the layers that Goya Cares does to help. Because as you talk about, a lot of women and children, you know, millions have left fleeing as their husbands are staying back to fight um, and could become prey, sadly, to human trafficking. Even our southern border people coming through. There's so many different areas. And Goya Cares it's doing what lessons in school. There's also safe houses. Talk about just some of these incredible layers that you're doing. I mean, you have just made such an enormous difference to so many people. I mean, you've literally reached, what is it, like 100 million people in 58 countries so far. That's so astounding and inspiring. Well, Rita, we're partnering with people like ICMEC, the International Center for Missing and Exploited Children. We're putting a hotline numbers on our cans of products, of our beans. And we're working with groups like Catholic Charities. We met some beautiful sisters of Our Lady of Mercy in Krakow, uh, Poland. You know, people like Christie's House, 
Gem, you know, Global Empowerment Mission, Aerial Recovery, these are the Green Berets, and so many other groups. And we've put together these videos and and posters and to get into schools uh, for lesson plans, workshops in middle schools or high schools, because it's it's there where it's not just over the border, it's in our neighborhood. So for parental awareness, and uh, we're working also with the Monique uh, Burr Foundation, and the Homeland Security, the Center for Safety and Change, to the Wonder Girls to have these workshops and and create awareness because it's so again the the the, the monetary reward in this is so great just like the drugs and it's so hard to overcome but there's no substitute for the love and caring the attention of a parent or a guardian that really needs to be on top of. Uh, all over their kids to see who they're hanging out with, what what are their because if if you have some grooming and then you start isolating and and, and from the family, uh, that's the first sign. So as parents, we need to recognize these signs, and then we can go into action because you know, like the book that Hillary Clinton had wrote, and it takes a village. The village is not going to have the same care that a mother or father or guardian is going to have. And we really need to put our kids first. 1,000%. Well, bravo for everything that you're doing to inspiring, first of all, to people to watch in the homes what's happening, um, but also how beautiful that there is an organization, Goya Cares, founded and spearheaded by the great Goya CEO, Bob Unanwe, and your great team. I've met so many great folks on your team, too, who are truly making a difference. And especially given all the things we talked about going on in the world, Bob, uh, this is such a pivotal time to make such an enormous difference in a child's life uh, and an adult's life, too, because it happens, obviously, to all ages, but especially the child and bringing back these values to them and, most of all, giving them hope. Bravo to everything you're doing. You also, by the way, talked about the QR code. You got QR codes now. I love this on your Goya bean cans, everybody. And you can find out how you can help. The hotline's on there. So check that out when you see their beautiful bean cans. And Bobby, the way the food is great too. So you get great food and you get a great, great, incredible mission. And check it out. Also go to GoyaCares.com and also BlockTraffic.org to find out how you can help uh, this incredible important mission. Bob Unanwe, you are one of the great heroes out there for so many people around the world. And you inspire me, and I know you've inspired all of our great listeners tonight. Thank you so much for being here on the Rita Cosby Show. We love you, Bob. You're the great one, Rita. Thank you for your voice and all that you do. You know, your your love and, and putting that out there. You, you've been so successful. I'm sure you're going to be more successful going forward. Well, most importantly, we make a big difference through Goya Cares. That's the most important success of all. Thank you so much. God bless you, Rita. Thank you. What an amazing human being and just making what an incredible difference uh, with Goya Cares and Goya Food Products. And again, GoyaCares.com, everybody check it out because this is such a huge, serious issue, child trafficking And they are making a tremendous difference. We're going to take your calls after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show.
And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. By the way, we're going to put up a new podcast tomorrow with David Petraeus, the great general David Petraeus, talking about Afghanistan and the hit against the al-Qaeda leader, who, thank goodness, is no longer with us as a result of our great military. Meantime, we are talking about Brittany Griner sentenced to nine years in prison, in a Russian prison. Uh, let's go to Nick in Toronto. Nick, your thoughts about this? Hey, Rita. Um, basically, um, this basketball player, she uh, disrespected America. She disrespected the flag, etc. She chose to go to Russia knowing full well what she was getting into in a country like that. She had drugs on her. And what did you, she expect? She deserves to be in jail. You yeah, but you, but, but you think nine years? That's a lot for this. Well, that's Come on. their laws. That's that's Russian law or love it or hate it, whatever. The, the government should not should not be helping her out. I mean, it's a typical American, even Canadians. They think they go to another country. They can do whatever they want. The government's going to bail them out. It doesn't work that way. No, you're right. No, you know, you, you know. bring up a powerful point that when you go to that country, you have to respect their rules, although she clearly is a pawn right now at a time where Putin would love to have as many Americans as possible uh, behind bars. Let's go to Jules in Boston. Jules, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm just um, completely confused and kind of concerned about the number of callers complaining about Brittany um, protesting uh, America when she was in this country. She was not. She never ever said anything about America, uh, Russia being better than America. She was protesting and she was using her civil rights, the First Amendment rights to protest. And I don't think that she should be um, disparaged because of that. I mean, she was just saying, you know, I want America to stand up for its ideals. Had she said Russia is better than America, I would see people being upset about it. Wait, 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 Jules, Jules. And uh, two things. First off, I am all for First Amendment rights. Uh, They have a right to take a knee. I don't agree with it whatsoever because I feel there are a lot of people who died for that flag And I know many of them, sadly. And so when I see it, it reminds me of respecting this country and appreciating this country. But a lot of it is, you know, criminal justice. They're talking about civil justice. I'm not saying that she was sitting there protesting Russia versus America. Nobody thought that. I don't think she ever expected she'd end up in Russian prison. But I do hope when she comes back now that she comes back. And listen, I hope she comes back soon. I don't think she should be behind bars, especially for this. Um, I hope that she comes back safe. I hope all of those who are there behind bars come back safe. But I also hope when she comes back, she kisses the ground because this is the greatest country. We have the best justice system and that's it. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 